1: Voice America listeners, welcome to Marathon Day in Boston, and my 351st ever show of all-around sports. Each reach Monday at noon Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour, to discuss what happened this weekend, and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, it comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call in expert, AP Studham veteran multimedia personality, who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is obviously seeing all-time sports history. Tiger Woods winning the Masters yesterday in what was just uh, one of the greatest comebacks in the history of sports, quite possibly the greatest comeback ever from injury. Uh, The only thing that jumps to mind comparably is, of course, Muhammad Ali coming back from his layoff uh, back in the 60s and 70s. So it was really cool yesterday with a morning start reminded me of the British Open uh, leaders teeing off at 920 and uh, for Tiger to do what he did. It was just an electrifying day. I had the pleasure to be there on Wednesday for the par three at Augusta was my third visit and my first ever par three. And there was just nothing like it. It was an absolutely picture perfect day and uh, roamed the course as soon as I got there uh, went right over to Amen Corner which played a gigantic role yesterday of course with Francisco Molinari finally showing vulnerability by plunking one in the water much like Jordan Spieth did a few years ago on the final day of the Masters and uh, Tiger took that opening laid it right up this is on the 12th tee, of course, laid it right up on the green, and that's when the tournament turned, to say the least. So after Amen Corner, I uh, walked over to the 16th hole, the par 3 over the water, and once again, as always, it's a typically a tournament turning moment, and that was more of the same yesterday as Tiger... Uh, Hit his tee shot, and for a moment it appeared it might actually be a hole-in-one. Rested a foot or less from the hole, and in my mind, that basically sealed the tournament. And uh, so, uh, to visit those two holes on Wednesday was fantastic. And then see the role that they both played on Sunday, and then I actually caught uh, tiger on the his practice round on wednesday and i caught up to him at the seventh green and when i first arrived i uh, was uh basically on the ropes and tiger had just teed off and by the time the patrons following him had arrived it was 2025 deep uh this is the practice round on wednesday mind you and uh Lo and behold, on both Saturday and Sunday, the 7th, birdies at the 7th are exactly what got him going. And he was playing with Fred Couples and Justin Thomas, which was terrific, and watched him tee off on the 8th. And so it was really uh, the places I visited on Wednesday turned out to be uh, turning points throughout the golf tournament, especially on Sunday at holes 12 and 16. So it was just a uh, vintage tiger. It uh, was put us all in the throwback machine. The um, 15th, of course, was an important hole, too. Uh, tiger Birdie, Molinari again went into the water, and his day was done at that point. And uh, so, to just having been there on Wednesday and to be able to watch all day yesterday not to mention Friday and Saturday and Thursday of course um, was just uh, terrific I, I felt like I was practically there in spirit having just been there five days prior but uh, and I heard some Augusta tiger roars on Wednesday during the practice round which is something but I'm sure it was nothing like what went on all day yesterday the ending scenes tiger with his family, Uh, his children, his mother were just epic, not to mention uh, the list of players, uh, the gathering of players waiting to greet him before he went in to sign his scorecard. Bubba Watson, uh, Pat. it was just great. It was just terrific. Uh, Bernhard Langer, just wonderful to see and what a shot in the arm this is going to be for the game of golf. Next thing you know, it's going to be uh, the PGA at Bethpage uh in about a month and we'll be right back into uh, where he we're right back into can he break Jack's record of 18 majors? He's been sitting on 14 for the better part of 10 years and now he has 15. This is his fifth Masters. And amazing in those 15 victories, yesterday was the first time he ever had a major win by coming from behind, meaning in every other victory, the first 14, he had at minimum a share of the lead going into Sunday. He did not have that yesterday, yet he came from behind, so it's as if the old Tiger isn't uh, back after what we saw over the weekend, uh, now suddenly he's added another little something to his game, uh, which is the ability to come from behind on Sunday to win a major. So, just uh, these are the days we live for. They don't come along all that often in sports, but when they do, it's just uh, it's just special. And yesterday was beyond special, to say the least. It was just uh, just classic. Um, where you were, remember where you were a moment, to say the least. I'm sure we will all remember uh, where we were uh, the day Tiger won his first major in 11 years. And have, to have it be the Masters was just so fitting. And for me personally to have, had, to have been there a mere Five days ago, uh, the day before the tournament started, made this one for me even all the more meaningful, and to get to watch Tiger and his Wednesday practice round and, and see how things unfolded over the next four days was just uh, just a thrill for all of us. Moving on, my low light of the week is Selgate in Philadelphia as a... Uh, uh, former Celtic Amir Johnson was checking his cell phone beside Joel M. Bede, who and they were chatting up whatever what they were seeing they said it had to do with Amir Johnson's daughter being sick uh, the Sixers were having none of it and uh, and uh, suspended Amir Johnson and it was just a a uh, a really, really bad look on a day when they began their NBA playoffs by being upset by the uh, Brooklyn Nets. So, again, really, really bad look, to put it mildly. And that leads right into my bizarre story of the week, which is uh, all the home court and home ice upsets in the NBA and NHL playoffs. Got to start with the Columbus Blue Jackets winning the first two down in Tampa. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, of course, were the uh, premier team, like the second greatest record in NHL history, 60 wins, uh, basically cruised through the regular season. Uh, They get swept in the first two games at home by the Columbus Blue Jackets. And then last night, the Blue Jackets followed that up with a victory at home back in Columbus, and they can close out the series tomorrow night with a sweep against the far and away number one team in the NHL all season long, the President's Cup winner, and everybody thought uh, this is their year. I spent a lot of time in Tampa recently, and uh, to say Tampa Bay has turned into a hockey-slash-lightning town would be an understatement. I was at the arena uh, outside for the uh, pre-game when they played the Bruins a couple weeks ago, and it was just an electric atmosphere all afternoon and early evening long. So uh, I can only imagine the good people of Tampa are just simply beside themselves. And even though they weren't a favorite uh, and not, the, not, not not the higher seed, it's rather shocking to see the Pittsburgh Penguins' perennial contender Losing uh, 3-0 to the New York Islanders, who, again, had a higher seed than the Pens. But, uh, wow, they beat them in Pittsburgh uh, after taking a 2-0 lead. So they're poised to sweep as well. And moving over to the NBA, in addition to the Nets upsetting the Sixers in Philadelphia, the Magic beat the Raptors in Toronto, as uh, even with Kawhi Leonard, the uh, Raptors just seem to have trouble getting off on the right foot in the playoffs. It's crazy, even though. uh, And LeBron James is now gone, so uh, they've lost any benefit of the doubt they need to do it this year, uh, or at least advance, make some noise, however you want to say it. And then the San Antonio Spurs, uh, number seven seed, I believe, topped the number two seed in the West. Denver Nuggets, who had a great year, Uh, and so it has just been quite, quite a shocking start to both the NBA and the NHL playoffs, Uh, going local here, the Bruins, who got blown out in game one at home (laughs) by the Toronto Maple Leafs, bounced back big time on Saturday night in game two uh looked like the big bad Bruins that we're all used to seeing and uh and of course secured that so it'll be up to Toronto tonight. Uh so that'll be fun. Big day here in Boston of course, as I mentioned, with uh Boston Marathon running all day. Uh it's really nothing quite like it. It's a state holiday, Patriots Day, and uh, to say all of Boston and all of New England is into it would be an understatement. And, uh, so yeah, uh, runners rolling down the 26.2 mile route as we speak, not more than, uh, uh the route actually gets as close as about, uh, 10 miles from my house. So it's awesome. And, uh, many years I've been there and, uh, really nothing quite like it uh, one of the great great scenes in all of sports I've worked at the finish line uh, in years past and uh, it's just a it's a truly Boston thing and it's wonderful so it's uh, oh and then lastly the Celtics uh, maybe the most uneven. Somewhat disappointing team in the NBA all season long, given the expectations coming into the season after making it to the Eastern Conference Finals last year without Kyrie, without Gordon Hayward, who are both around uh, for this year's playoffs and, of course, throughout the year. Um, They looked good yesterday. Not good, but good enough to win their first game against the Indiana Pacers. So uh, they'll be back at it tomorrow night. They won yesterday, so uh, basically this weekend with the Masters, NBA, NHL playoffs uh, getting underway, Uh, I think we're entering what I like to call probably the best two sports weeks of the year where you basically have uh, two or three NBA and two or three NHL playoff games just about every single night for at least a week, sometimes spilling into two, so Enjoy it, everyone, and now let's take our break. Next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, so don't go anywhere.
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline.
3: Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? (laughs)
2: Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
3: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
1: To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how you doing today?
4: Hey, good morning, John. Thank you so much for having me on the show.
1: Well, thank you for joining us as always, and uh, I know you're based in Alabama, and I'm guessing uh, you were practically able to hear the tiger roars uh, (laughs) throughout the South (laughs) yesterday. Uh, we we, We saw sports history. These are the days we live for, AP. They don't come along all that often, and when they come, you just have to treasure them, and yesterday was one of those days for sure.
4: Yes, the roar reverberated here in LA, lower Alabama. You could uh hear all the people there were watching the TVs and uh celebrating the comeback and you know, it was a historic moment uh, for Tiger Woods and uh, all the people in golf. I mean, they were I'm sure they're salivating over the the whole situation, uh TV people of course, but it yep. was quite a day.
1: Quite a day, and I was thinking of you uh as I mentioned, and as you well knew, I was there on Wednesday for the practice round in the par three, and was thinking of you specifically because uh, I caught up with Tiger in his practice round on Wednesday at the seventh green in the eighth tee, and lo and behold, who was he playing with? But one of your favorite uh, products of the University of Alabama, Justin Thomas, uh, not to mention <laughs> Masters legend, Freddie Couples, so... That was one heck of a threesome AP, and uh, it was really quite a highlight. And then to have the 7th play such a significant role because Tiger birdied the 7th on both Saturday and Sunday, and I think each day that that birdie at the 7th kick-started his round. And we all know the outcome, so uh, it was really fun. As I said earlier in the first segment, Tiger was teeing off when I got there to the seventh green. He was teeing off on seven, and I was pretty much right on the ropes. And by the time uh, he got to the green, uh, it was 25 deep. So then that was Wednesday. So you can only get a feeling of what that meant for yesterday. It was probably 125 people deep, the minimum.
4: Yeah, I'm sure the crowds were overflowing, and yeah, Justin Thomas—he's going to be a fixture on the circuit for a long time. He's a shot maker, and that's what—that's golf. I mean, a lot of people can drive it long, and uh, but people who can put around that green—and he's one of them. So he'll—he'll he'll be in that uh, tournament for of decades to come, I believe. And of course, I'm sure he enjoyed being around Tiger, Tiger Woods as well, and Freddie Couples.
1: Oh yeah, again, premier threesome, perhaps. Uh, the in fact easily the premier threesome on Wednesday you know no sooner did I get there than there was an instant buzz basically saying you know Tiger just teed off at like whatever uh, mid-morning and uh, and you know so you just knew instantly I wasn't on the course but five minutes when I had an awareness that he had teed off and was heading down to the first green. And, uh, so that's just an example of the, of the tiger effect when you're actually at the course and AP, uh, you were at the masters a couple years ago on Saturday and Sunday. So you've been there on a Sunday, you know what it was like and you were there for a big one as well. When Sergio Garcia won his first ever major, not to mention the masters and, uh, so, yeah, if you could just speak to what it's like to be there on a Sunday, it's, it's clearly different, and I'm not comparing my uh, wonderful day on Wednesday to anything that went on yesterday. Again, that was sports history, unforgettable.
4: No, it was, it was quite a moment for me, John. That was my first time being at the event, and it so happens, you know, when you're walking around all these different golf uh, holes, you're not sure what's going to happen, but I happened to be there on the 15th green when Sergio Garcia – made this this shot that kind of propelled him uh, to win the tournament. So I was really fortunate in that that regard.
1: Yeah, it's really kind of random. That happened with me at the U.S. Open in Oakmont a few years ago when uh, Dustin Johnson was in the mix, and uh, I I just landed at 16 when he made the shot that won the tournament, and I happened to be in the first row of the bleachers, and uh, right there. So you, it's random. You, you just, you know, you can't be everywhere at once, although you want to be. And But if there's one thing I've learned about watching golf, AP, is there's one simple rule as a, a golf spectator on a course uh, for a tournament, which is simply go to the greens. That's where it's happening, period. Yes. <laughs> that, yeah, that's where know. the
4: shots are made, right, the historic
1: moments, yeah. yes. It's wonderful to see a great tee shot, and you always want to catch at least one or two, and it's wonderful to see you know, the second or third fairway shots. But at the end of the day, and I was told this in 1999, when the Ryder Cup came to Boston by a veteran golf tournament goer. And that was one of my first big tournaments. And he just, and he gave me that advice and I've never forgotten it. And it's really paid off handsomely for me. Just go to the greens. That uh, That's where you're going to see uh, uh, the, the moments, shall we say. So, um <laughs> But, yeah, AP, again, it was just – everything about yesterday was just kind of surreal, starting with, obviously, Tiger winning a major first time in 11 years. But, you know, personally, I just loved the 9 a.m. start time. Leaders, the the last group teed off at 9.20, including Tiger, Francisco Molinari, and Tony Finau. And it just was – it just made for a perfect day uh, where – like the U.S. Open, or excuse me, the British Open, that, of course, due to the time changeover in the United Kingdom, typically, uh, you know, is on when you wake up. And this was pretty much the same thing. And, uh, wow, it just made for a great day and a mid-afternoon ending. And especially good for uh, we Game of Thrones fans to boot, to have lots of time to unwind <laughs> <laughs> and get ready for the final season premiere last night. But, uh, right. yeah. So, I, I just loved it.
4: Oh, yeah. And the West Coast people, they maybe if they were having
1: brunch, they saw that ending. Exactly. Exactly. That's a very good point. Um, yeah. So, it was just, everything was different yesterday, starting again. You can't say it enough. Starting with Tiger winning, but also then having to do with, uh, you know, just the early Start time, the threat of rain, and all of a sudden the skies opened up and it just thought, it felt like, oh my gosh, have they miscalculated? And, is this it? And then they, <laughs> they start and they were, it was coming down hard for a couple minutes. Then it stopped. Right. And, and they sailed through to the end. Uh, so, yeah, it was just, uh, you know, in every way magical. And what happened to Francisco Molinari, I mean, you, you know, basically Tiger was given the opportunity. As always happens in sports, it's a question of, you know, the, the great ones take advantage of the opportunity. And Mullinary looked, given that he beat Tiger last year head-to-head in the British Open uh, on the final day to win that, he was coming in with a decided, you know, advantage over most people, playing against even the old Tiger or the new Tiger. And, uh, and then, boom, on the 12th hole, he put it in the water, and Tiger put it right on the green, and that's when it kind of changed. That turned the tournament right there, and then on the 15th hole, uh, Tiger put it on the green, leading to a birdie, and Molinari, shockingly, uh, put another one in the water. And this was after a front nine AP where Molinari was hitting every, you know, par-saving putt he needed to, to keep Tiger at bay, and you just thought, Boy, you, you know, thinking back to that British Open, you just kind of thought, you know, this guy's a machine. And he's not feeling the pressure, and he doesn't appear tight. But, again, the Masters begins on the back nine on Sunday, right? <laughs>
4: right. That's where the money is made and lost. And, exactly. Uh, yeah, you hit that water, and then that was the end of uh, Francisco.
1: It was. It was. And, again, it, it, what made it more shocking was because uh, – you know, he's just a guy that you know uh, makes the putts he has to make with regularity. I think I forget the graphic it was something like he had made fifty-four straight, whatever two putts or something, or some amazing statistic that all ended on the back nine yesterday. So uh, it was just uh, just fabulous stuff. Of course, you know, I think the most memorable shot will be the 16th Tiger's tee shot when uh, reminiscent of his famous, uh, his most famous shot ever in my book where the ball hung on the lip at the 16th in the Masters a number of years ago and dropped in as we all remember. But yesterday he put it up on that ridge and it rolled down on the 16th par 3 over the water and there was just a brief millisecond there that I and... (laughs) tens of millions of people, I think, thought, this could be a hole-in-one. And then it just never (laughs) continued its turn, but only finished a foot away, and that pretty much sealed the deal. Um, You know, I I think that's when you you know, we all became believers, like, he's really going to do this. And uh, as I speak, it's literally on TV at this very moment, and it was turning towards the hole, and it just kind of didn't turn anymore and slid a foot past. But, of course, he birdied it and so he had a two stroke lead going to the 17th tee uh, that's that, that's about as good as you could hope for and then Brooks Kepka showing it now missed you know we talk about a machine It's like feels like the first big putt he's missed in a number of majors keep in mind he and Tiger went head to head last year at the PGA tournament in St. Louis so uh, yeah so again Tiger got opportunity and he took advantage of it and The others around him faded away, which uh, certainly is reminiscent of of back when Tiger uh, ruled the world.
4: Yeah, when he had that two-stroke lead, John, I I thought that was ball game right there. That was match because I just didn't think that he would falter. I just think he had that air of confidence. His body language was strong, and I thought it was his to lose, and, and sure enough, it was.
1: Indeed, it was AP, you know, total focus. It was interesting. First time I ever remember seeing him chew gum, and he chewed gum throughout the tournament. Um, so it worked. <laughs> Let's start with that. And uh, <laughs> and he just, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he was just laser focus, and uh, patient, calm, and just waiting for the right moment when he really, really, you know, uh, put it away, shall we say, on the back nine, as we discussed where the others uh, fell by the wayside. So once again, AP, just to close out this segment, uh, the, this was great stuff. And, of course, the scenes following the tournament, hugging his kids, the comparisons. CBS did a nice job of showing his father, Earl, hugging him after he won in 97, his first ever major. Set course records. And then yesterday, uh, comparing that shot side-by-side with Tiger hugging his son uh, at the, pretty much the exact same spot in Augusta. So that was really cool. I thought so, just awesome. Yeah, that you know, was a
4: yeah, that was a, a symmetrical moment, right? Him hugging truly. his dad and him hugging his son. Symmetric, symmetry, it, symmetri- symmetry at its finest.
1: It really was. Yes, uh, bookends, shall we say? And you know, his mother was there, of course, his daughter as well, and. Just everything. And then just, again, I I just really enjoyed all the players uh, greeting him right before he entered the clubhouse to sign his scorecard. I thought that was great. Former winners, like, I believe, Justin Thomas, uh, major winners, and Masters winners like Bubba Watson. uh, I think Ricky Fowler was there. Bernhard Langer, of course, was the last person to greet him before he went inside. Uh, And on and on, a nice group there. So it was good stuff.
4: Yeah, that was. uh, I liked the way that he went through that gauntlet of the of the fans and his family, and then the former players and
1: winners. That was perfect. It was perfect. On that note, I can't say it any better than that. AP, you nailed it as always. It was perfect in every way. A perfect sports day, and uh, so. Why don't we take our break now? AP, a whole lot to get to, and we'll do that on the other side of the break.
2: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Pacific for Outside
3: the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is Health from an Environmental Perspective your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
1: To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we fittingly talked about the Masters the entire previous segment, Uh, but there's also other things going on on... What really is quite possibly the best sports week of the year. And it started this weekend with, you know, uh, the Masters, NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs joined in on Saturday. Uh, We're going to get to that, but there's also uh, football, and that would be spring football. And uh, you, of course, are all over that down in Alabama, correct? Yes, uh, uh, John. This
4: was the A-day game with what it's called the Crimson and White scrimmage at Alabama. The Crimson team had the best pretty much the best offensive players with Tua Tunga-Vailoa, and the White team had the number 1 defense. So the defense fared a little bit better. Uh 31 to 17, the White team beat the Crimson team. But a lot of times that's a function of if the number 2 quarterback is playing against the number 2 defense sometimes. So uh and That's how it worked out. Mac Jones had a good ball game, and but yeah, Nick Saban was there. It r- rained earlier in the day, but the sunshine came out, and then it just rained a little bit during the game. Uh, there was a an uh, announced crowd of sixty two thousand plus at the ball wow. game, and we we've, we've seen in the past, you know, one hundred one thousand at the game uh, sold out. But you know, they don't they don't you don't have to buy any tickets at Alabama Spring game. But people who who uh, were in a a one hundred one, but sixty two thousand thousand on Saturday but yeah Alabama looked pretty good I mean they John they have so many receivers it's it's hard not uh, not to believe that they're going to continue to throw the football even though some people think the running game is vitally important this season when they get ahead to wind down the clock and keep that defense from having to play so many downs if you're scoring quickly like they did last season you know beating 12 straight opponents by 22 points scoring about 50 points a game but uh you know, they, they had a simple offense, simple defense, so I think they're going to concentrate on the red zone, running the football a little bit better, uh, but throwing throwing the ball, they should be all set with these receivers. They had a player, John, a freshman, he was the MVP of the ball game. John, um, I believe his pronunciation is John Mishik. Uh, he played at a prep school in New Jersey, but he's born, I think, in Africa, and Raised in Canada, went to school in Maryland a little bit for high school, and then his last year in New Jersey. So he's a world traveler, and he's already won the Dixie Howell Award as the MVP of the A-Day game.
1: In what position does he play, AP? Yeah,
4: yeah he's a wide receiver. He's um, had five receptions for 133 yards in the game.
1: Oh my gosh. He arrived
4: in January. Yeah, he arrived in January. So not it's not like they need any any more receivers, but he's another no. one to you gotta think about um at nighttime if you're a defensive coordinator getting ready to face Alabama. You know, they had that trio of freshman players a few years ago, Devontae right. Smith and Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs the third and Henry could outrun the wind, I think. He's so fast. Uh you know, he, he scored I think last year maybe or the year before, I can't remember now, but it's six catches, six touchdowns that start to start start the season.
1: Oh my goodness, that's just amazing. Um no the, the, you know, and let's not forget this is the school that produced uh yeah, Julio Jones and Amari Cooper as well in recent years. And uh boy, the rich get richer, but not surprising.
4: Yeah. Yeah, and then Calvin Ridley as well.
1: Calvin Ridley, of course, yes. Yeah, I mean, household names, basically, in the world of college football on a regular basis.
4: Oh, yeah, and a couple years ago, John, Jerry Judy came in out of high school just like John Mishi and uh, he was the MVP of the game as well. Really? He was a freshman coming out of of high school. Jerry Judy was, yeah. And then he was behind Calvin Ridley, so he was overshadowed some. But then, of course, in sophomore year, he took off, you know, won the Blitnikoff Award. But, you know, Alabama's got plenty of receivers and... Uh, They're trying to find somebody at the tight end position, but I I think uh, Kedrick James, he scored a touchdown uh, on a nice reception, 29 yards. I think he'll he'll fit the bill, and and they're switching over a linebacker, Cameron Latou. He had a couple catches, and then they have a player coming in from the Chicago area, and of course, uh, Miller Forrestal has been there for a number of years. So I think they'll be all set at that tight end position. Even though Nick Statement said if he had a chance to take a graduate from at that position, he would. Uh, in the, the kicking game, the freshman Will Ricard from Hoover High School, he punted the ball as well, John. It's kicked one of 47 yards, average 42 yards a kick, made a a field goal. I think it was thirty four yards, so I think he'll be the new kicker for Alabama and the backup punter, and then scholars along with a hot shot freshman came in last year he was up and down, but he's more relaxed now he had a good day along a fifty four average forty seven and a half yards and but um, but alabama they they're going to be have depth in most positions john it's just a question about the kicking game they're looking for a backup which I think Mac Jones will be the backup he had a he had a nice spring and And, of course, uh, Tua's brother, Tawalea Tungavailoa, he threw an excellent touchdown pass to Jalen Waddell, 29, I think it was 29 yards to the corner of the end zone. He got a strong army roll to his left and just rifled it uh, low, so Jalen was the only one who could make that reception. But uh, those are just some of the things that caught my eye. uh, But one thing, John, there was four interceptions in the game. I think each quarterback had an interception. Really? The wow. The four quarterbacks who played, yeah. Yeah, but Tua had an interception. Uh, Matt Jones had an interception. Talalia had an interception. And then Paul Tyson, the great-grandson of Coach Bryant, he had an interception as well.
1: Why, well, now, uh, I have to ask AP, Did uh, to his brother, is he also a lefty?
4: No, he's a right-hander. Strong a- arm, though, John. Very strong arm. Really? Powerful. Wow. He a lot of velocity on his ball. Yeah, he can make all the throws too. Now it's just a question of learning the offense.
1: Yeah. But, that sounds uh, wonderful. One
4: player that yeah, one player that I'm looking forward to this season, John, is Trayvon Diggs. You familiar with his brother Diggs, what place from Minnesota, right? Stephon. From York, Maryland, University of Maryland? Stephon yeah. See, Trayvon Diggs. is a big yeah, Trayvon is like six foot one, two hundred pounds, big cornerback. Came to Alabama, played a little bit on offense. Played some on defense, uh, got a uh, little bit in the doghouse, started and was beaten out. Then he got injured. So I'm hoping that his senior year, he can be on the field every game and have a chance to showcase his talent because he's a very good looking football player.
1: Yeah, that sounds great. Wow. Well, Stephon Diggs, we'll never forget the catch he made to, for the Vikings to beat the Minnesota, Saint, Minnesota, excuse me, New Orleans Saints uh, in that Playoff game a couple years ago, that's uh, uh, right up there with all-time catches in NFL postseason history. So, uh, pretty cool. His brother's down at uh, Alabama, right?
4: Yeah, they've they've gotten quite a few players from Maryland now. It's becoming uh, a regular place for Alabama to recruit in that Baltimore area, DeMatha High School and, and the schools in Baltimore, some of those private schools. They're getting quite a few ball players from there. Uh, one of the players, he's on the edge there. Uh, I think he's going to make a difference for Alabama this season. He was a freshman last year. Matter of fact, John, he put his name into the NCAA transfer portal, and Nick Saban had to re-recruit him to uh, convince him to stay. A Yabi Anoma. Really? And he's going to be a good edge rusher for Alabama. They brought in Sal Terry. The Coastal's outside, linebacker's ed- edge rush. I think that's oh, yeah. going to be a difference for Alabama. Yeah, uh, yeah I'll be a no number nine.
1: Well, that's fascinating, AP, and I find the Maryland recruiting especially fascinating because growing up in central Pennsylvania, Penn State has always, always pretty much owned Maryland uh, and New Jersey, for that matter. And uh, so I did not know that Alabama was... Uh, you know, recruiting strongly out of Maryland, but uh, that's fascinating. Because, and speaking of Penn State, I watched, I DVR'd, and then watched uh, some of the Penn State spring game, uh, also on Saturday, and it was great. There were there weren't sixty two thousand, but nonetheless, nice crowd in Beaver Stadium, and uh, and I guess my take home is simply uh, defense looked good, but it was strange not to see in like the first time what feels like the first time in <laughs> forever and Trace McSorley not at quarterback. Right, right. Uh, right, right, and and his backup who we've all seen uh contribute over the past during the McSorley era, Tommy Stevens unfortunately has a foot injury, so he didn't play, but uh so it was a good chance to see, you know, the depth at Penn State quarterback, uh, given that they're gonna be making a change, but Tommy Stevens uh, looks like he's going to be the guy and again he made, he's made some big plays uh, both passing and running the past few years uh, but it was great to see AP and uh, of course there's star KJ, you were speaking of wide receivers at Alabama, KJ Hamler from Detroit and IMG Academy is the true he's the star of, the, uh, of Penn State for sure he had an outstanding freshman year and uh, so it's good to see him back on the field and uh, So yeah, here we go. AP spring football—it's underway. It's great.
4: Yeah, so Alabama had a nice uh, spring game, uh, and at the end of the press conference, Nick Saban, and he was in rare mood on Saturday. He was jawboning with the uh, media, and because we had a couple of media coaches on each side, and he was asking them where they, where are they for the white team and the crimson team, and. He wanted to know what happened. You got one of the better quarterbacks in the game, best running backs in the game, and you only scored 17 points. What went on? And then he said, what did you tell him at halftime? And he goes, that's the kind of, and I can't use the word on here, but the things you asked me at halftime, so what happened? Tell me what happened. He was kind of going at it with the media, you know, tongue-in-cheek. And and then uh, his final announcement at the press conference was he's going to have hip surgery, probably take six to eight weeks to recover.
1: Yes, and I saw that, and that was priceless. You know, it's good to see these, uh, uh, shall we say, hard guys, um, at like Belichick and Saban, of course, are right at the top of the list, when they, like, you know, from time to time just open up and have fun. And when they do, you just go with it, you enjoy it, because it's not that often. But I did. I saw some of the highlights of that back and forth, and I was like, uh, you, you know, well it got my attention i still it saw me right in my tracks because i saw him joking and laughing and all that and uh so you you love it when it happens it's not again it's infrequent yes
4: yeah so that was that was uh, a good way to like that was a good way to uh entertain
1: right very good way to entertain yeah
4: I, yeah the, yeah. It was, it was entertaining and everything so we had we had a really good time and uh uh, he, he was, he's he's like that, you know. At the end of his press conferences, he'll he'll uh, if he's in that mood, you know, he who likes to go back and forth and have that repartee with the media. So that's what he did on
1: Saturday. That's what he did. Awesome. Glad you got to see it. That's great. Uh, AP, we're at the end of our second segment together. So why don't we take our final break and still a few things to get to on the other side.
2: Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast.
3: All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com
0: You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email
1: to IIR
0: at Comcast.net. Now back to the show.
1: Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is tomorrow night's Tampa Bay Lightning, Columbus Blue Jackets, game four from Columbus, to see if the Blue Jackets can finish off the Tampa Bay Lightning, the President's Cup team, the team who had the second best record in NHL history this past year. I spent a lot of time in recent recently in Tampa, in that town was lit up for the lightning and now they have to be in deep depression and ap this is a classic case you never know what's going to happen in sports boy i mean the lightning were basically unbeatable all year and now here they are uh looking down the barrel of being down 3-0 and getting swept out of the playoffs (laughs) in the first round (laughs) it's just crazy
4: yeah, John, you never, you never know. It's just—it's unbelievable sports that unscripted drama. That's what makes it so much fun, in my eyes.
1: Absolutely, and you know, looking over to the NBA, we had a few of those. We had three of them. AP on opening weekend of the playoffs. It's crazy where the lower seed beat the higher seed, starting with, uh, you know, the the Brooklyn Nets beat the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers in Philadelphia. And what is the now-famous Amir Johnson, Joel Embiid, viewing of the cell phone on the sidelines? (laughs) won't soon forget that visual. Um, (laughs) A very bad look when you're losing game one at home to a lower seed. And then uh, the Magic, lower seed Magic, beat the Raptors in Toronto. And the lower seed Spurs beat the Nuggets in Denver. I mean... I don't know if that's, I have no idea. I don't ever remember that happening before. Three lower seeds winning game one of the playoffs against, uh, you, you know, on the higher seeds home court. That is unbelievable.
4: Yeah, it's. I don't know, John. They have to look up, uh, call the Elias Sports Bureau or something right. to find out if that's true.
1: I'm totally guessing, AP. It's not like I heard it said by anybody or any at any point. But, you know, <laughs> I and you watch enough of these games to kind of remember something like that. And, uh, you, you know, you combine that with, again, what I started with, which was, you know, Columbus going into Tampa Bay uh, after their epic year and winning the first two games down in Tampa. So it is just, uh, it's it's unbelievable. NAP, you know, it's... Uh, it seems to me that it's like probably the best week of the sports year. I've already referenced that once or twice here on the show. But what's your opinion? Do you, I think, you know, when you start with the Masters, you throw in a little spring football. But more, most importantly, you have three games each pretty much per night for this week. of uh, Three NHL games and three NBA games pretty much every night. For about a week, and it spills over a little bit into week two. Fewer games, obviously, a series gets closed out. But again, I think you can make the case. It's maybe the best, uh, you know, best two, best week of the sports year if you just like nonstop action and and playoff action to boot.
4: Yeah, you you could say that, John. And I always thought there was a couple weeks in October that were the other right. Let's say time frame you might compare and consider.
1: Absolutely, you got football in full swing, uh, both college and pro. The beginning of NBA and NHL, and of course the baseball World Series or baseball postseason, shall we say? Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's great. I think what maybe you know, and, I, and you and I have discussed this before, and you know. I've gone back and forth in my own mind about which is better. But when you factor in you know, the fact that uh, – and baseball, by the way, is occurring, as we all know. But to me, when you factor in literally what I just said, anywhere from four to six postseason games in NHL mm-hmm. and NBA for a week to two, it just doesn't get any better than that. I mean, cause every game is meaningful that, you know, so, uh, like I said, I used to always be an October guy, but recently I've become more of a, more of an April guy. And I, and I think <laughs> the masters kick-starting it yesterday. Like you said, some spring football, you got baseball going on, uh, you, you know, but it's all about, you know, two sports having postseason meaningful games occurring. There's pretty much around the clock it seems it's awesome
4: yeah there's no question uh you don't have to uh turn off your tv you keep it rolling all the way through and you're going to find something interesting at
1: this time of the year exactly exactly um yeah well it's uh it's it's going to be uh you know good to watch i mean the go you know not everything was upsets, that's for sure. I mean, the Golden State uh, Warriors held serve. The Celtics, uh, after their uneven year, held serve, um, as did the Milwaukee Bucks. So, uh, yeah, so it's not like every game was an upset, but three three on the opening weekend, uh, you know, that's a lot. In fact, it was three on opening day, now that I think about it. Yeah. The Nets beating the Sixers, Magic beating the Raptors, and Spurs beating the Nuggets all happened on one day. That's, like, incredible. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be good stuff. Uh, just nothing like it. So we're going to have a lot to talk about uh, the next few weeks. That's for sure, AP.
4: Absolutely. We sure will.
1: And then coming up, NFL draft. Let's not forget about that. That's next week. That's, oh. like, stunning. Yeah. Hard to believe.
4: Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, it's all coming uh, this month, so it'll be a lot of fun to talk about the
1: draft and spell the speculation as well. Exactly. Uh, It's going to be just terrific. And uh, AP, it's been terrific having you on the show, as always. Covered a lot of ground today, uh, but nothing beats what we saw yesterday. Again, a rare day in sports, true true sports history where you – me and millions of others will remember exactly where they watched the Masters yesterday for the rest of their lives, rest of our lives. So uh, let's hope for more of those days uh, moving along, right?
4: Absolutely, John. Sure, sure. We sure look forward to it. And thank you very much for having me on the show
1: today. And thank you for calling in, AP. As always, appreciate your perspective. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time.